Hey guys, welcome back to the Clutch Picks Podcast, week four, brought to you by your hosts, Jason Anderson, Nico DeLuca, Charles Giacometti, and Corey McAndrew. This episode is sponsored by The Jersey Hub, Instagram's number one source for buying and selling jerseys. You could find them on Instagram at The Jersey Hub, link in the description below. Before we dive in to week four, let's just do a quick rundown of week three. Obviously, we talked about writing the ship in the beginning of last week's podcast. To say we did that is a perfect, perfect analogy. Week three was awesome for me. I hit a lot of value plays in Rams money line, Falcons money line, the Cardinals cover, which I don't want to talk about that much. It was a roller coaster. Charles had to FaceTime me when they were five seconds left and the Jags were trying to get a touchdown because I was almost shitting my pants. And I also hit Cowboys minus four tailing Nico on his lock of the week. So I'm very happy with where I am. Made a lot of money. I guess from there, I don't want to say too much more. Nico, how'd you, how'd your week go? Well, Corey, my week went just as good as yours. Again, like you said, I had Cowboys covering. Also, my other lock of the week, I had the Titans covering. And then also, like I said, that Saquon, that Saquon Barkley play, I thought he was going to have a huge week. He gave me a touchdown just to seal the deal for me. Doc, how'd your week go? Uh, my week started a little bit early. We had that. I had my pick Thursday in that Thursday game, the Panthers. I had them covering. So week started off okay, and then I had a lot of eggs in the basket with Big Ben and the boys in Pittsburgh, and we're going to talk about that a little later because it still upsets me. So Steelers, shot. I shot myself in the foot there, but Carolina and Pittsburgh were my two big plays, so basically ended up even. Jason? Well, you know, like Jock said last week, it was a slippery slope. I had some highs, I had some lows, but, um, you know, I hit my lock of the week, the Rams. Um, I hit that nicely. And honestly, the fucking Chiefs, I had a nice five-leg parlay here. And the Chiefs were my last leg, which would have won me a nice chunk of change. And obviously, you know, they lost. So I'm pretty upset about that one. Um, I hit other small parlays. But other than that, came out even. It was an okay week, and I'm not necessarily happy. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, definitely a better, better start to this podcast than it was last week. I know last week there were three of us that were miserable in our performance and just jock was a little happy. So uh, I'm happier that we're kind of all getting on the same page again and and taking strides. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, Jock, we're going to start with you. We have Jacksonville at Cincinnati. The line is plus seven and a half Jags. So Bengals are favored seven and a half over under is 46 and a half on DraftKings, 46 on FanDuel. Jock, what do you got for us? Yeah, this is, this is one of those games. If you look back a couple of years, nobody would ever watch it, but now there's some hype around it with Burrow and Lawrence and people are going to want to watch this game on a Thursday. I hit my last Thursday bet and I, I feel like I have a pretty good beat on this one. I'm not sure who's going to agree to it, but you know, Urban Myers, the coach with a young quarterback, and people are always saying that Urban Myers not really built for the NFL. So I think this might look like a little bit like a college game and it might be a little defense optional. I don't like either team in this game. I know the Bengals are playing pretty good football coming off a, a nice win in Pittsburgh. Over under is probably going to settle in around 45 and a half, 46, probably go up to 46 and a half, probably no further than that. I'd probably take the, take the over. 46 right now jock i actually totally agree with you there uh, i did not like this game either but the over is just i might put a huge chunk of change on that i think this is gonna be a super high scoring game it might go the Bengals way i might splash a little bit on their spread but i just think this is gonna be a really really high scoring game jacksonville's offense looked a little better than the previous two weeks i think they might get it going a little bit too i'm definitely taking the over on this one yeah i think i'm i'm and one thing i just want to point out is that I think Trevor Lawrence, the Jags just haven't really been able to put a full game together. And I think that's something that comes with time and a new system. Yeah, Nick, I agree with you there. Uh, Defense optional in this one. It's going to look like a track meet. I think the Jags have skill guys on the perimeter to put up points, but I just think better scheme going on in, in, in Cincy and morale is going there. So probably got the Bengals. On the money line, no value in that, but more money on the over. I'm going to switch it up. I'm actually not going to bet this game, but if I would, I would take the Bengals spread. I think the Bengals defense, I know it's fishy, but I think, frankly, they've been playing pretty well recently. They're playing good football. 
I think until Jacksonville proves that they will not lose every game by 11 points, I'm going to fade them. It's just that simple. I know not a lot of people are doing that, and I sound like a square right now. I think that's a good observation. They've lost every single game now by 10 to what was their first game? I think over 20 points or just under 20 points. They're losing every game by double digits until they prove to me that well, they can do that. 12.6, Corey. 12.6. Yeah, until they prove to me that they will not do that, I will be fading the Jags. Well, listen, I'm actually going with the under on this game. So far, Joe Burrow has averaged 25 pass attempts per game, which ranks 31st in the NFL. They're bringing them along slowly after that ACL injury. I expect this to be the type of game where it's halftime. We turn around and say, holy shit, it's already halftime. I think the Jaguars are going to try to establish the run, too. They're putting a lot of weight on Lawrence's shoulders. He's throwing some bad interceptions. I think it's there's going to be a lot of running the football in this one, and it's going to be lower scoring than you guys think. I'm on the okay, under. I, I, like, I like this. This is good. There's always always something fun in competition. So we got Nico and Jock on the over. I'm not going to bet the game, but if I did it, it will be Bengals. And if that line shifts to six and a half, I will jump on that. And Jason's on the under. So moving right along, we have Tennessee at the New York Jets. This is Nico's game. And this game is Titans minus eight and a half, minus seven. Over under is at 45 and a half stagnant all across the board. Nico, go ahead. Well, this is kind of tough for me, actually. The Jets actually have faced probably three of the top 10 defenses. They face the Patriots, who Bill, Bill Belichick just kills rookie quarterbacks. They face the Panthers. I mean, right now they have a top 10 defense. We don't know how it's going to be against a high-powered offense. They should show us this week against the Cowboys. And then they also face the Broncos, whose defense I really like. I just don't like this spread. I have the Titans winning this game, but... The Titans' defense is obviously not a ten, top 10 defense. So I see the Titans winning by seven points. That seven and a half, eight points just scares me. I think Zach Wilson might get going a little bit better than he did the previous weeks. I don't think he turns the ball over that, that much. I'm just not going to touch this game. I'm not going to bet against my team against the spread or anything. I do have the Titans winning, but I do not think they cover. Well, guess what, Nico? I'm taking the Titans minus seven and a half. The Jets average six points a game this year, and until they prove that they can do anything offensively, I will be betting against them every week no matter what. As you guys know, last week I took them to cover versus Denver, the 10-and-a-half. I was clearly dead wrong. You know, Tennessee, they like to pound the rock, and they hit you over the top on play action. It's going to be shit like that, and, I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to have an answer. Derrick Henry is a physical specimen. I'm just scared with A.J. Brown being out, Julio having stiffness, we are thrown to guys like Nick Aikina, Westbrook, Rogers, our tight friskers out. We're on a background tight end. I don't know if Tannehill has that many options throwing the football right now. We might have to rely on Derrick Henry. And if they're playing heavy run, we might have some issues for him. That's not bad. I, I, I see what you're saying. I just don't see um, there being a chance in hell. I mean, the play action pass is what it is. It doesn't matter who's running routes. I mean, the backers commit to the run. They're going to throw right behind them. Jay, I'm with you here. I talked about it last week. The Jets' offensive line just, it's so bad and broken down, and you expect it to get better, and it just it just doesn't. And the Jets are plain and simple, just not a very good football team. We've seen enough to know that. So, yeah, I'm with I'm I'm with Jay. I, you got to keep fading the Jets until they prove that you know they don't deserve that. So, I'm with Jay. I'm, uh, let's fade the Jets. Everybody fade the Jets. The Jets stink. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I agree. W- rookie quarterbacks right now, 1-10 against the spread. There's just a lot of money there. I love to follow trends. I think this is a trend that I will follow. I think the Titans, although the Jets' defense is playing well, the Titans will just run the ball right up their gut. The Jets will have no answer. Zach Wilson's going to throw two interceptions. I know eight points is a lot, and I always stress I love home underdogs. Not when that team's the Jets. So that's where I'm at. Moving on, next game on the slate, we have the Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. Nico, we're going right back to you. We have Washington minus one and a half, over-unders 47 and a half, 48 and a half. It's going to move a little. I feel like that could settle around 48. So, uh, Nico, what do you got? Well, both of these teams did only beat the Giants. So that's not really proving much by either team. I do think Washington has a little better team, a more complete team. I think Gibson will get going against this Falcons run defense. I think Heineke has a good game too. I just think 
Washington has a little better defense than Falcons. When even though the um, even though Washington has not proved their defense is what it was last year, but I do just think Washington has overall just a more complete team. So I'm just going to go with Washington here. Corey, last week you said you wanted the Falcons over the Giants. I told you you're a fucking moron. This week yep. I'm taking the Falcons um, over the Foreskins. I don't care what you guys call them, the football team. I call them the Foreskins. <laughs> you know, I think Matt Ryan has a big day. Played well. I don't know. I don't like Heineke. And Washington, like I said last week, 0-4 last year on the road to start the season. And the trend looks like it's happening again. So I'm going to take Atlanta Falcons money line plus 106. That play is Jay. You know I love value in your bets. Again, this is a value bet. I am taking the Falcons money line. Everybody faded them last week because obviously the first two weeks were not the best. Week one, week two, they looked like shit. Week three, a lot of people faded them still. But my bigger play is the under 48 and a half. I don't think either one of these teams is going to score a lot of points. I'm taking the under right now. I'm going to get it at 48 and a half. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to hammer the under, and I'm going to be a little bit, maybe just a sprinkle on Falcons' money line. Well, Corey, I am the complete opposite of you on that underplay. Outstanding. I think, I think that the Falcons are going to come out tempo. I think they're going to come out, you know, go quick and try to punch an early one in and, you know, set the tone for the game and force the foreskins into a, uh, you know, almost like a jailbreak situation and, you know, just scoring a ton of points and letting Heineke run around, you know, throw the ball to his weapons. Yeah. I I see, I see an NFC South football team trying to stay relevant in that division and they're going to try to score points. I I like the Falcons play, but I I like the over here uh, more than anything. All right. Well, complete opposites. No surprise there. Jock, we, we like to, Clash heads a little bit on our on our total bets. We're usually the same on the team, so I'm not really surprised. Okay, next game on the slate, we have the Houston Texans at Buffalo. This is my game. The spread is Bills minus 16, minus 16 and a half. Over-unders 48. I kind of called the Bills game last week against Washington. Um, I said I think that over can hit with just the Bills, and it was pretty close. Uh, so this is another one of those. Everybody and their mother is going to be on the Bills here. You're playing Davis Mills. I mean, listen, I actually thought the guy didn't play as bad as I expected him to Thursday against the Panthers. They have a 10-day week. Obviously, you're getting some more practice in, but the Bills are at home. I personally will not bet this game because 16 points is a lot. I know that there's obviously value on that for the Texans, but I don't think they're going to cover, so I'm not going to bet this game at all. Um, I don't even know what to say about this game, to be honest with you. I mean, 16 points is probably one of the biggest NFL spreads I've ever seen. I'm also going to stay away from this game. I'm just not going to touch the over, under, spread, nothing. This is just a game where you just watch the Bills beat the shit out of the <laughs> Texans. I am dropping an absolute bomb on the Bills minus 16 and a half. As long as the Texans got that long neck fuck David Mills playing quarterback. <laughs> He's a rookie. He blows. He hasn't shown shit. He looked like my dog shit versus the Panthers. <laughs> um, and it looks like the Bills are hitting their stride. Bills Mafia. I hate the fucking Bills with those fans. It's a rowdy environment. People jumping on tables, smoking weed in the stadium. They don't give a fuck. Josh Allen's going to absolutely torch these bastards. I got the Bills by 28. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we need to hear any more on this game. I mean, it, <laughs> it's not looking good. It's What a not, fucking joke. What a it's fucking not joke. Look good. The Texans, they I'd be surprised if they even carry half their team to the game honestly. Just make sure nobody else gets hurt. <laughs> Travel squad game, right? Yeah. Bring the JV okay. unit. All right, yeah, you make a good point. We're, we're, we're done with this game. Do with that information what you will, but um, <laughs> I wouldn't do anything with it. So moving on, we have, I think, one of the better games of the week, ironically, and I'll tell you why. We have Detroit at Chicago. Jason, this one's yours, so start us off. Well, this is another one of those games where you want to duct tape your eyelids open if you're stuck watching this shit. Both of these teams blow. In Sunday's game versus the Browns, Matt Nagy looked like he was purposely trying to kill Justin Fields. Okay, can I just butt in? Dude, Matt Nagy, I just need to, I need to Matt Nagy has won 
ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> I have to say that. And, and I was watching the game. Matt Nagy is so ugly. And I told myself, I am never, ever in my life going to bet with Matt Nagy. If you're ugly and your offense sucks, I'm not betting with you. Ugly head coach means bad locker room. I'm out on Matt Nagy. Jay, go ahead. Well, Jack, I mean, clearly he's ugly and clearly he's fucking stupid because he was trying to block Miles Garrett with one guy all game and he almost tore Fields head right off his fucking shoulders. He had four and a half sacks and he was sacked nine times total the whole game. I think this is a <laughs> I think this is a match Detroit ends up fucking winning. But I think that, that locker room in Chicago <laughs> is gonna go tits up on that fucking ugly son of a bitch Maggie. <laughs> Detroit's finally uh, gonna get their win. I, I disagree. I, I think I think Chicago plays well at home. I fucking hate Matt Nagy too, Jack. Like you said, he kind of makes me feel better about myself when I get to look at him. But it's just one of these things where I actually think he might have fucking sabotaged Justin Fields. He didn't switch up the offense once. Justin Fields was running Andy Dalton's offense, which is fucked. They are two not even in the same. I mean, they're not even comparable. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They're just not. Yeah. They're they're so completely different. You can't be trying to run Justin Fields and Andy Dalton's offense. It's not going to work. I think they switch it up. Chicago plays well at home. I fucking hate Matt Nagy. But I also don't trust Detroit, even though they're playing well, too. So I could be t- fucking totally wrong here. So don't tell me. I think Detroit is probably the second best 0-3 team. It's not really saying much. Their defense looks solid against Baltimore. I had the Lions covering last week at 8.5. I'm going to stick with the Lions this week as well. I think the Bears just are in some deep shit right now. They're looking at three QBs right now. They don't know who they're starting. Nagy's running around his locker room trying to find someone. He has no idea what he's doing. He has to get canned within the month at least. You hit the nail on the head. When Matt Nagy comes in the locker room, people are just going to run away from him. Exactly. (laughs) I hit in the face with a dirty frying pan. Yes. I mean, I'm going against. I'm going against the Bears. Bears. Unless Justin, unless Justin Fields pulls something out of his ass. Obviously not last week. This offensive line blows. The only thing they really have is a run defense, which not really saying much. Their offense sucks, and I think Detroit's going to win this game and cover. Lions win this game. Right, and so he gets fired. Say I'll say it, he gets fired. He's going to get fired once they lose this game. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say after week six. Shit can naggy. Shit can naggy. Okay, okay, moving on, moving on. We had fun. <laughs> Let's get serious again. People are trying to make money. We got Cleveland at Minnesota. Totally, I didn't even give you guys the spread. We had Detroit's plus two and a half. Oh, Bears, yeah. three-point favorites here. Don't really think that matters. Because Matt Nagy's ugly. So we have Cleveland minus two and a half. Over-under is 52, 51 and a half. Uh, Nico, this one's one of yours. So uh, go ahead, take this. Well, I would like to um, actually bring up last week. Me and Corey had a 2v2 with Charles and Jason. And they were laughing, saying, oh, Kirk Cousins is an overpaid piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. Well, he outperformed Russell Wilson. But I do not have him covering here. Vikings let up 100 yards rushing each of the first three games. And the Brown has... one of the best one-two punch running backs in the league. I know OBJ is getting back to his normal self. I know Jarvis Landry's out, but I just think this run def- Vikings run defense is just going to fold completely against this Browns run game. And I have Browns most likely by 10 to 14. I have this in a blowout here. I agree with you. I think it is important to point out that the first 2v2 went our way. We are more of the statistic analytical betters. So, so that's a good sign for all us nerds out there. Along with that, I totally forgot to give you guys our lock of the week records at the beginning. So let's run through that really quick. My lock last week was Cardinals minus seven and a half. Gave me a run for my money, but overall came through for me. So I'm one to know. Jason's lock of the week was Rams money line. Great value play. Uh, Jason's one to know. That obviously hit. Nico's lock of the week was Cowboys minus four and the yeah. Titans. So we changed Nico's lock. But we had the Titans, so he actually went two for two, I guess. But in case, in, in sense of the podcast, one and zero. I'm sorry, Charles, but the only lock that missed, which I was tailing you, so don't feel too bad. Steelers minus four. That was a rough one. So now back to the Cleveland game here. Now that we got that out of the way, Nico, I agree with you. I think the Browns are going to absolutely ravage the Vikings. Not much more to say. Uh, although last time I said that, I was wrong. But I, I just see the Browns coming out here and making a statement. This could be a statement game. They're away. 
I feel like this is going to be a good game, a good game for the Browns for sure. Not so much for the Vikings. Well, here, here's my response to you two regarding the, the Seattle loss was fucking Minnesota. I got a lot of nuts falling in my yard because, you know, it's fall. I, I could have swore even a blind squirrel could find a nut, you know. You guys can get oh, okay. lucky. You got lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. you got lucky. You know what? Fuck it. I think same thing as last week. Kirk Cousins, an overrated bastard. Cleveland Browns are going to fucking <laughs> – the Browns are going to take them behind the shed. I mean, what's the line again, Corey? Two and a half, I'm pretty sure. Oh, this is an easy one for me. I got the the Browns, you know, ground and pound, baby. It's going to be over quick. Um, the Vikings, they'll they'll make their plays, but Miles Garrett's. I mean, he's he's playing tremendous. He's going to put a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. Jay, now you mentioned nuts and everything. I thought I saw Nico in your yard this morning gathering some nuts. No, <laughs> Nico the little squirrel. No, don't be mad. No don't way. Be mad. No way. This happens again. We're not going. To lose another two on two v two this year, Jay. I'm with you. We're back on the dragger balls across Kirk Cousins' chin, and we're taking the Browns in this one. Back on I the. I thought train. it was his forehead. I thought it was his forehead. But if we want to, anything works. He's got a- <laughs> okay, okay. Moving on. Again, we got to get serious. Here. I know we're having fun. I know we're having fun, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Next game on the slate, we have the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. States favored by eight points, minus eight, minus seven and a half. Over-unders at 43, 43 and a half. Jock, this is your game. Give me the rundown. I'll try my best. I mean, it's kind of tough to give a breakdown of the Saints right now because you're not really seeing a consistent pattern with them. I, I, I thought I'd have a good break on them after this week, and – you saw the same thing you saw week one. You saw a lot of game management by Sean Payton and Winston, and you're seeing Alvin Kamara have more rush attempts this year than any other year you know, as the start. So I think the Saints the Saints are going to win this game at home, their first game at home this year. Giants are the lesser opponent, but they do struggle against mobile mobile quarterbacks. Daniel Jones has been running around just a little bit. Saints will win this game. I'm not so, so sure about that eight. I could see the Giants covering here. Honestly, I, I I'm, I'm going to stay away from this from this bet. I I do think the Giants cover here. I'm not too confident in it, but I w- I would have to take the Giants to cover here. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. I think the Giants do cover here, but the Saints do win. I don't think the Giants can run the ball right now. I know Saquon had a touchdown. He had a few receptions. I think he had 60 yards on the ground. I think it's me. I think it's going to be um lesser of that from Saquon. This run game is atrocious. This O-line's atrocious. I think Saints get after Daniel Jones. He's going to scramble, take a few sacks. But I do have the Giants covering plus eight. I see the Saints winning by a touchdown, no more, no less. Yeah, this is a good um, game um, for the spread, for sure. Plus eight. I will also be on Giants just to cover. I, I, I agree with you guys. I think the Saints win. Jock, you kind of have the Saints figured out by now. You know, they are your favorite team. You watch them pretty religiously. I, I kind of feel as if, I mean, I get scared every time Winston drops back. It's just kind of that simple. He throws that ball up. It could go anywhere. Um, I think now Danny Dimes, after losing to the Falcons, kind of has to prove himself again here. I think they come out, cover, play well. So, um, I think a lot of people forget, you know, with the COVID year last year, that the Saints have one of the best home field advantages in all football. The Giants last week, they lost the heart and soul of their front seven. Blake Martinez to an ACL injury for the year. Sterling Shepard is going to be out this week. And, you know, say what you want about Saquon Barkley. He's still coming off the ACL and he's, he got more touches this week, but he's still getting in his rhythm here. You know, I know the Saints are going to be missing their starting tackle to Ron Armstead. I don't see a legitimate pass rush threat from the Giants that can potentially ruin this game from the Saints. I'll take the Saints minus seven and a half here just to go against you guys. I think they're playing well on defense, but at the same time, they don't have the playmakers on offense to shoot fireworks off on offense, but I think they win by 10. Okay, sounds good. All right, so next up on the slate, we have Seattle at San Francisco. San Francisco's minus three over-unders, 51 and a half on DraftKings, 52 and a half on FanDuel. Uh, Jason, this one yours. Uh, what do you got for us? Well, this is one I went back and forth with for a little bit today, trying to figure out who I was going to go with. But I'm going to go Seattle plus three. Seeing the way San Fran, you know, they were stubborn. They stuck with their man-to-man. They just gave create too many opportunities for one-on-ones. And I think Russell Wilson is going to be able to pick them apart deep downfield. 
Metcalf, Lockett. I expect big weeks from them. For the love of Christ, I mean, they left Devonta Adams all night out there on an island, and he had a career day, just about. I think the stubbornness of San Fran's was going to cost him a game, and Russell Wilson's going to have a monster day. I got the Seahawks covering. I'm not sure how much they win by, though. Well, not covering. I got them fucking winning outright. Oh, you got a money line. Money line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know, I love value plays. If I'm going to bet on this game, it is going to be Seattle money line. That's all I'm going to say, Jay. I think you make some great points. I'm not really keen on the matchups. I think Green Bay came through big with me last. Oh, that was another one for me. Green Bay last week, I hit them money line and I could see Seattle doing the same thing. Kind of like you said, Aaron Rodgers put on a clinic last week, an absolute clinic, just ripped them apart. I could see Russell Wilson doing the same thing with those deep balls to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Seattle money line for me. A lot of value in that for sure. I'm actually going to um, weigh on this game because Tyler Lockett did get hit really hard last week. He limped yeah. off the field. He's questionable as we speak. Don't know if he's going to show up. If he's not in, that hurts Russell Wilson significantly with a huge deep ball threat. If he's playing, I'll take Seattle money line. I'll tell you guys. If he's not playing, I think that hurts Seattle's offense way too much. And if Tyler Lockett's hurt, I'm going to take San Fran minus three. I, I feel like this is a really good game. It's going to be a good game to watch. But I thought San Fran, I thought they played Green Bay tough, and Green Bay looked like a totally different outfit. It looked like Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, of past. And that was good to see, you know, for football and everything. But they played them tough. I thought they put on a prideful performance and, you know, got heartbroken on that on that great kick. I, I like San Fran here. I think they're going back home. They're going to get a win. I'll take them two and a half. I think it might come down even more. I could see it coming down to two. I'd probably take them there, too. I'm, I'm on San Fran this game. I thought they had a prideful game last week, and, you know, I'm rocking with that, and I hope they carry that over into this week. Next game on the slate, we have Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Pittsburgh is plus six and a half, plus seven. Green Bay, obviously, minus six and a half, minus seven. Over-under is 46 on DraftKings, 45 and a half on FanDuel. Jock, this one is yours. Jesus Christ. Pittsburgh, it was my lock of the week last week. I thought for sure <laughs> they wouldn't lose two home games. I was positive. Mike Tomlin, blah, 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 all this shit. Big Ben's going to play better. I'm saying it right now. Pittsburgh is a bottom feeder in the entire NFL. They're the worst team in their division, and they're one of the worst teams in football. Ben Roethlisberger, if he had half a brain or whatever's left, he would do that team a favor. He'd do that franchise a favor, hand in his equipment, get in his car, and never think about playing football again. Oh he, he's horrible. He is not. He's no longer an NFL quarterback. He does not have that caliber anymore. Say what you want. The Steelers are a terrible football team. Terrible. Bottom feeder in the NFL. Green Bay, I don't care. Green Bay, every which way and backwards. Give me every line until kickoff. Steelers, one of the worst teams in football. I think that that may be a little bit overreaction because they cost you your lock of the week last week. I, I do agree with you in a sense. They kind of surprised me with how bad they were too. Uh, I'm going to get Green Bay at whatever I can. Kind of like you said, I think they win by 10. You could tell Steelers missed um, T.J. Watt last week. They missed Deontay Johnson last week. Deontay Johnson is doubtful. T.J. Watt is practicing this week. I don't think the Steelers can hang on with a shootout with Green Bay. I don't think most teams can. I'm going to agree with both you. Steelers looked horrible last week. T.J. Watt or not, I still am going to go with Green Bay. Big Ben needs to get off that roster immediately. And you know, and you know what that narrative is going to be. It's going to be about the pass rush and no Bakhtiari and the pass rush with return of Watt. That's what it's going to be. The fact of the matter is if Big Ben's going to drop back and throw it close to 60 times and land on his ass 20 of the times, they're not going to win. It doesn't matter who's down the field, who's going to catch the ball. Big Ben is too fat. He's too old. He how, about that, how about that one clip of Big Ben just, just falling, falling over himself? <laughs> he he looks like he looks like a college kid trying to make it back home to the freshman dorms, like just falling all over himself, drunk, coming home. He's horrible. He's terrible for the league. Terrible. Well, I'm going the opposite way of you guys. I hate the Steelers, but guess what? That's one proud organization they got up there in Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt's going to come back. I don't see them getting blown off the field against Green Bay. Like Jock said, he doesn't want to hear the narrative, but the fact of the matter is T.J. Watt is going to have a field day, and Aaron Rodgers could be in some serious trouble. 
They play fast. They play physical on defense. I think Green Bay struggles to score the ball, but at the same time, Pittsburgh is going to struggle. I think it's a field goal game. Rodgers, sloppy one versus that physical defense. Add in a drink the Kool-Aid segment. That is a Kool-Aid pick right there, Jay. You're following the narrative. Go against the mainstream narrative. The public. I hate the Steelers, man. I just I, I know that's one proud program they got. I hate the Steelers, too. Okay, so I would say moving on, we have one more game before our locks of the week. I know people might be thinking we're missing the Kansas City-Philly game. That game we actually covered with our friend David Simpson. So basically, if you want to listen to that, we're going to release a special edition podcast with him. All of that is in that episode. Uh, we have some, some good takes, actually. I was the one that stepped out there. That's all I can give you for now. The next game before our locks, we have Las Vegas at the Chargers. I'm looking forward to this game. This is one of Nico's game. Chargers minus three and a half. Over-unders 53 on DraftKings, 52 and a half on FanDuel. Nico, take it away. I actually love this Chargers team right now. They went into Arrowhead. They beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Unreal performance by Justin Herbert. I know the Raiders are 3-0. I know that it's Vegas. I, everyone's everyone's in love with the Raiders right now. I am not completely sold on them yet. They won two very close games, one against the Ravens, one against the Dolphins without Tua. And what I've been seeing is the Raiders' secondary is struggling right now. They've been giving up 100 yards to solo receivers each week. And I think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert just kill the secondary. I could see this game being a blowout. And again, the Raiders have not proved that they can run the ball. They are going to be forced to pass the ball against a Chargers secondary who proved himself last week against the Chiefs. I'm going to take Chargers minus three and a half here. Yeah, I think that the way the AFC West is shaped up right now, it kind of it kind of looks a little upside down from what you would expect in preseason. You got the Raiders in first, three and zero, Broncos three and zero, Chargers two and one, and the Chiefs in the basement. I think at some point, <laughs> probably s- sooner rather than later, you're going to start to see you know the ch- Chiefs and the Chargers trying to settle into those spots you thought they'd they'd be in the one and two spots, but. We'll see here. I'm with you, Nico. I think this is going to be an, uh, a game where the, the Chargers kind of make their push to be relevant. Not to be relevant, just to make a better case for themselves You know, in the AFC West. So I'm, I'll take the Chargers with you, Nico. I love this game. Absolutely love it. Last week, I think I called. I absolutely did. I called the Raiders and Dolphins going into overtime on our podcast. I think... I also said, though, that I'm going to tail the Raiders until they give me a reason not to. And frankly, I think the reason not to is more on the Chargers than the Raiders here. I know it's three and a half, and that hook kind of scares me. But the Raiders just haven't looked good. I know they're winning games. They won two games in overtime. And frankly, they should have blown out the Dolphins. I don't really think I'm going to get much argument there besides from Jason. Dolphins with a backup quarterback. Derek Carr threw a pick six on the first drive of the game. They should have blown out the Dolphins. There's no doubt in my mind, but they didn't. And I think the fact that it's in L.A., I just love home teams. I'm going to go with the Chargers here as well. Yeah, I'm on the Chargers as well. I mean, I said last week, sooner or later, this Raider season is going to look like one of those kamikaze uh, suicide airplanes you see back in the day. It's going to all crash and burn. I don't know. I don't think the Raiders are, you know, the top of the AFC West. I think the Chargers, they're actually going to surprise some people. They might steal this division from Kansas City. They give them some fits. They beat them last year, and they beat them Sunday. Yeah, I, I like the Chargers to win by a touchdown. Easy pick this, for me. This is something to note. Last week, we also had a kiss of death. All four of us picked the Chiefs to cover on the podcast. Although, eventually, on Saturday night, Nico and I, in our group chat, we did say we like the Chargers, but we cannot prove that, so we could leave it leave it out of this conversation. Last kiss of death we had was the Chiefs, and they ended up losing the game outright. So I don't know if listeners want to tail us on that just because or not. I just wanted to note that. I'm a big superstition guy. Um, so, okay, moving on from that. Now it is time for our locks of the week. All right, so for our first lock of the week, 
We gave Jason two this week. He loves two games. You'll also hear why, because obviously one of them is the Dolphins and Colts game. So that one, hopefully we could get some fireworks. First game, we have Arizona at the Rams. Rams minus four and a half. Over under is currently at 54 and a half. Jay, go ahead. This is a game I think everybody should be watching come Sunday. I think this is the two top teams in the best division in all of football. Kyler Murray's put himself in position to be, I mean, he's a dark horse candidate to win the whole freaking MVP. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, stud. But the reason why I chose this game is because I think the Rams are going to win by more than four and a half points. I mean, we saw them take it to Tampa Bay. Jalen Ramsey on the outside, Aaron Donald in the middle. I mean, they're just going to wreak havoc. Ultimately, I I think Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are going to keep it going. I think they got, I could be wrong. I think they got six touchdowns in three games. Absolutely playing fantastic. And I'm all over the Rams minus four and a half. Lock of the week. I agree with you. I I will be tailing you mostly because if the Cardinals did not cover against the Jags, they would have been on my do not bet list. I think if it was any other team than the Jags, they don't cover. I'm going to be on the Rams. Listen to the podcast last week. I told you I put the futures bet on Kyler Murray to win MVP. I said it. I got him at plus 2,000 when the season first opened. I love that bet now. I love it. If they give me a cash out option, I'm not even going to take it because he's going to win it. Uh, He's playing like it. But I do see a setback. The Rams are the hottest team in the NFL right now. I'm going to tail them. I mean, probably until the end of the season, just the way it's going. Again, sound like a square, but frankly, it's just an easy way to make money. They're a great football team. They're clicking. I love Sean McVay. So Rams, spread. I think you guys are talking about the wrong MVP right now. I think Matthew Stafford is actually looking like the MVP this year. What what does he have? One turnover in the first three games? Kyler Murray has a tendency to close his eyes and throw the ball in the air, and hopefully someone comes down with it. I think Kyler Murray already has three interceptions. I do like the Rams in every single game, no matter what. Right now, the Rams look unstoppable. Their their front seven is ridiculous. Their secondary looks unreal. They kick the shit out of the reigning Super Bowl champions, and I do not see the Rams slowing down right now. Sean McVay looks thrilled. Rams minus four and a half. Yeah, I mean, I said it last week, two young head coaches – Again, in a primetime game, 4 o'clock game, who like offense. And that over-under sitting at 54, and I think both of these offenses are explosive. I like the total here. I'm going to go over that total, 54, 54 and a half. I I just think there's too much offense to not get in the end zone. So I'm going to take the over 54 and a half. I'm going to put a prop on this one, Cooper Cup, anytime touchdown score. I love Cooper Cup. I think he's awesome. If there's value on it. If it's minus money, I obviously will not. But it should be at like plus 125, plus 150. So I'm definitely going to do Cooper Cup anytime touchdowns. So, Nico, you are up next. Okay. Again, with the Cowboys, we have Carolina plus four and a half at Dallas, minus four and a half. Over under is 50 and a half. What do you got? I think the Cowboys are a top four team in the NFC right now. I think they're getting un- undervalued heavy. The Panthers are missing a really good corner, rookie corner, and JC Horn. They're missing one of the top players in the NFL in Chris McCaffrey. The Panthers are 3-0, but the Panthers have faced three teams, which one being the Saints where they had Aaron Hernandez coaching. And then the other two games, which the Jets, we know what the Jets are looking like right now. And then they beat the Texans. The Panthers have not shown that they could beat anyone in a playoff contention, which they are going to be facing. And the Cowboys... The Cowboys have one of the best best one-two punches running backs like I brought up before with the Browns. They are right in that scenario. They have two great wide receivers in C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, and Dak is also playing like an MVP. I think this is a disrespectful spread, actually, wow. especially the Cowboys at home. I have the Cowboys actually winning by two touchdowns or more. Wow. Nico, um, not to beat the dead horse, but I mean, fuck yeah. I, I agree with you 100%, man. Um, it, all of us, I think it's safe to say we're excited about this one. I mean, we've been talking for a few weeks now how we think Carolina is overrated as hell. And I can't wait to see them get their faces bashed in so that pain in the ass Rudy could shut the hell up. I mean, the <laughs> other day I, I heard him on Xbox saying they're going to go 7-0 and to start the season. I, I think with those type of comments, it's a good time to remind all of our listeners, if you do have a meth problem, it's okay to seek help. 
<laughs> Rudy, Rudy, <laughs> you, you, you can't say that shit out loud and not expect to get hosed for it. Clearly, Rudy needs to go see a meth doctor. I, I got, I doctor. got Dallas. <laughs> whatever. I got the Panthers losing by ten, and I can't wait to rub it in that bastard's face. Jay, listen, I agreed with Nico, and now I really, really agree with that. <laughs> listen, I'm a Saints fan. I fucking hate the Panthers and anybody that roots for them. So, like, again, if if you walk into a meth lab, they're probably all wearing Carolina Panthers gear. Dallas Cowboys are going to kick the living dog shit out of them. Yeah, it, it's going to be over with pretty fast, pretty easy. Cowboys to the moon on this one. I'm going to wait on this one. I'm not sure. I say that, and I know you guys are going to talk me into to betting the Cowboys tonight before the spread goes up. So I'm going to say I'm going to wait on it, and I'm expecting here within a half hour of this ending to put some money on the Cowboys. We'll see. I'd like to kind of keep my skin out of this one because I could see it going both ways, but obviously 70% of the time, Nico, you're spot on with Dak, Tony Pollard, Zeke, uh, CD, and Amari Cooper. I mean, they just have weapons. And our boy, Connor McGovern, Connor McGovern from back home, (laughs) yep, playing fullback. I love to see that. Probably end up tailing you guys here. Not sure as of now, most likely. Okay, moving on. I'm up next. And I might surprise some people with this one. I don't know why I took it as my lock of the week because I'm actually not that sure about it. But I have the Baltimore Ravens at the Denver Broncos. Ravens right now are plus one. They are underdogs, which makes sense. It's in Denver. But Denver's played three shitty teams. I mean, are you can make an argument that these three teams are easily in the bottom six, bottom seven in the NFL. The Broncos played the Giants, the Broncos played the Jags, and the Broncos played the Jets. Yep. Obviously, you're going to go 3-0. and The Colts would go 3-0. and I have Baltimore money line here. There's a lot of value on it. It's plus money. Baltimore against people might question that. Baltimore against Detroit was missing seven defensive starters. They're expected to be back next week. I'm going to get this while there's still money to be made on the money line. I'm on Ravens money line for my lock of the week. Well, if I could add a side note to this, the Ravens should have beat the shadow Lions. Marquise Brown had two horrible drops. This should have been a two touchdown game between the Lions. And I think they're undervaluing just by that game on this game. I think the Ravens are a overall better coach, better overall team. And I think the Broncos will have some issues against this um, high-powered offense. I have the Ravens winning also. Nice. I said it last oh. week. Vic Fangio's got the boys playing good football. It's that Northeastern PA blood. I think Vic Fangio's going to have them ready. I mean, that, that defense is playing great football. And I'm kind of sold on Denver early on. I think they're I think they're up there in the top tier. Lose KJ Hamler was kind of a role guy. Tears his ACL. Got to look to Cortland Sutton now. He, he's him, Noah Fant. You got to get them involved in the offense, which I have no doubt they will. And I think the defense is good enough to clamp down on Lamar. I think they're going to be able to keep him in the pocket, contain him, and just stop the bleeding enough. I think the Broncos are going to win this game. I'm sold on Vic Fangio, and I hope it doesn't come back to haunt me. But I'm taking Denver at home at mile high. It's pretty much Corey a big job, so that makes sense. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I'm totally on Baltimore here. I mean, the whole loss of KJ Hamler for Denver, they're already down Jerry Judy for a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Bradley Chubb's out on the defensive line. And and like Corey said before, I mean, the Broncos haven't played anyone good. Uh, this is their first true test versus um, a, a really good football team in the Ravens. They're well coached. And um, I, I think the Ravens end up taking it to them. Moving on. Now, Jock, you're up, okay? I like this game a lot, too. If you didn't take this, I probably would have for reasons I will get into. Your lock of the week is Tampa Bay at New England, the homecoming. Tampa Bay minus seven, over under 49, 49 and a half on FanDuel. Give us your take. The GOAT is back in town going up against Bill Belichick. I mean, story's written for Tom. I mean, he's wearing different colors now, standing on the other sideline, looking at his old head coach that he won so many Super Bowls with. I think the Bucks are just a better team. Mac Jones is not developed yet to go and beat Tom Brady. I'd get laughed at if I said that Mac Jones could beat Tom Brady right now in this point of his career. I honestly think, what's the line at? Under a touchdown? 
it's at seven now. So it was at six and a half. I know yeah, you I've, took it at six and a half, but for yeah. this this case, we're gonna go seven. So still, yeah, I I'd have no problem laying seven. I'd probably lay ten with them with the Bucks too. Mac Jones isn't beating Tom Brady, and if you're gonna lose to Tom Brady, he's gonna kill you. He's not going to make it a one-score game. Tom Brady's going to put his foot on Mac Jones' neck, twist it around a couple times, and just leave that mark that he still owns that place. So I got Tom Brady. I'd probably take him to 10, anywhere up to 10. Not much for me to add here. I'm tailing you. Like I said, the homecoming, the greatest of all time. I know some people hate him. I used to hate him, and then I sat back and said, wow, we are just witnessing greatness. Tampa Bay covering whatever the spread is. Yeah, I'm, I like this too, um, especially after Tom Brady coming on a loss. I know that um, Tampa is dealing with secondary issues right now, but Mac Jones is not throwing the ball deep. They really have no worries about that. I think Tom Brady just goes in there and just shows them who New England should be and always will be. And I don't think we'll ever see a quarterback like this for a long time. Absolutely. I, I think Tom Brady's going to walk in there and show Bill, Bill Belichick who his daddy is. Tom Brady, he's going to come and be pissed off. He's going to be screaming, let's fucking go, running out of the fucking tunnel. He's going to be fired up. I got the Bucks winning by two scores. You might as well call Mac Jones, check that Mac. He averages per completion four yards of air. Like he throws the ball four yards in the air per completion. And that's not going to get it done versus a high-powered offense in Tampa Bay. I got Tampa Bay mauling New England. And I'll say it again, Tom Brady's going to show Belichick who his daddy is. Okay. Take. Moving on. The last last game we're going to cover, Jason's second lock of the week. You know where I'm at. Indianapolis at Miami. Miami minus two, minus two and a half. Over-under is at 43, 43 and a half on FanDuel. Jason, go ahead. Give us your freezing cold take first. Well, listen, this this is a big week for me bragging rights. I know Corey's going to be fucking blowing my phone to smithereens during the game, talking all the crap. My sister's a Colts fan, so I've heard in one ear, Corey in the other ear. I just think Carson Wentz is hobbled. Big Q's banged up. Miami played obviously a really good Vegas team pretty well. I mean, the Colts haven't even gotten their run game going yet. Miami needs this win before Tua comes back versus Jacksonville because next week they got Tampa Bay. And if they're looking one and four in the face or one and three, what it's going to be, that that that's not a very good sign for their playoff hopes. Uh, Miami's in desperation mode in week four. I think they find a way to beat the Colts 24-17. I'll take Miami minus two and a half. Well, Jason, I'm actually going to fade you here. I think Colts are going to watch tape and see how bad they messed up not handing the rock to Jonathan Taylor. Corwell was he averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Yeah, he was averaging more Titans. yards per carry than Wentz was throwing the ball. I mean, the Dolphins do not have a good run defense. I think they give the ball to Jonathan Taylor at least 25 times this game. I think it's going to be super low scoring, but I do have Colts money line here. Wow. Not so fast. Do I, have we had a two-on-two two yet? Oh, we're about to. I can sense it. We're about to. Brian Flores is dying to keep Tua in that quarterback room. There's talks that Tua might get traded. Is Tua going to be trade bait for somebody else? That's their guy. Tua is their guy, and they need to get him in a spot to win. They need to win this game. Miami, minus two and a half at home. Jason's a big fan of the away team sitting in the sun. Say what you want, but it's Jason's stupid Dolphins thing, and sometimes things just make sense. And when you're 0-3, that sun beats down just a little hotter. Might want to get on that plane a little bit quicker. And Miami's going to come out with their nights cooled off, fans blowing on them. They're going to feel nice. And that sun is going to give them two and a half points. I'm betting Miami Dolphins... And the sun. If it's sunny, they cover. If it's raining at kickoff, they probably won't cover. I'm no, no, to... no, 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 no. Make Listen, up your mind. No, Jason's, no, no. Jason's equation to Miami Dolphins football is if it's hot in Miami and the sun is beating directly down on the opponent. Colts and dark blue jerseys. How that, how that works for the Bills? No, no, no. It doesn't happen all the time. It's only a theory. It's not a lot. Theory. Jason's theory on the sun. That's how it's going to go. The sun Colts beats down on the no Colts. Threats. Sun beats down on the Colts. Miami wins. Okay, well, we know where I'm sitting. I told you guys that I do not bet the Colts games unless I think they're going to win. I'm betting this Colts game, baby. I am betting the Colts game. Jacoby Brissett, I mean, 
Oh, oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be, I actually think it's going to be a really good game in all seriousness. I, I do. I think you guys kind of overlooked one little thing. Yeah, sure. Miami's in a must win mode. But so are the Colts. I don't, I don't know. We, we still have a chance here too. Both teams are in must win. So I, I don't know how much that's going to equate uh, in all reality. I would argue that the Colts are in a must win even more. Like I said, 0-3. I, I see just the Colts hairing this one out. Dude, we, um, should lock, so, we should wrap you up in Christmas lights and shove you down a hill. Seriously. You know that Miami secondary is going to come out to play. They're they going to no come threats. out. The Colts have hey, no threats on the perimeter. Sure, they have no threats on the perimeter. The Colts are 0-3 is showing. I really don't think they're going to win a game anytime soon. Carson Wentz sucks, and he's always getting sacked, or he's always hurt. And Xavier Howard just going to be licking his lips to see Carson Wentz even look his way. Only one way to find out. I disagree. Colts win. We have our second 2v2. We could very easily tie this up. Like I said, I think it's going to be a good game. I could very easily see the Dolphins winning, but I just have to go with my gut here. And I, I think the Colts come away with this one. So our second 2v2, thankful, thankful we got one in. Ironically, it's our last game. I could see this one tying everybody up. Ironically, you're on the same teams too. Nico and Corey versus Jock and Jason. So we'll see what happens. This could move our, our records closer, or this could be the separation that Nico and I need to, to take the 2v2 championship. <laughs> I, I hope a squirrel isn't roaming around the yard again this week. My God, we can, it would be nice to even things up with you guys. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> no more Nico in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have. Um, so basically... We want to say thank you for tuning in again. We got a lot more traffic than we expected to on our first week. So we're hoping to keep that going. You know, we'd love it if you could share this with your friends, with your family. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Link is in the description. Also, we just started up an Instagram page. Same thing. You're going to be getting free picks. And we're also going to be posting some little outtakes from our Zoom calls here. So you could actually kind of see what's going on in a way. Get some of our reactions. And yeah, so we're looking to have a good time. Uh, hopefully, you know, we hit, hit some some big money again this weekend. Hopefully, I'm feeling good. I don't know if it was the fact that we did well last weekend, but I've, I've got a good feeling again. So be on the lookout for that Colts-Dolphins game and the locks of the week. Uh, we'll be posting, obviously, Sunday morning. We, we, uh, we usually do a little Saturday for college football, although our record is not what it is. You know, we're 11-4 and four now on Twitter with our NFL picks. So uh, be sure to give us a follow. Get your free picks. And uh, thanks again. Really appreciate it. See you next week. The Clutch Picks crew is not to be held responsible or liable for a loss of money, injury, or harm 